talking about the Remy ABC test one two. Hey! Oh, technology. God bless technology, right? Welcome to E3 Church. I'm Pastor Scott. And for those online, you can just laugh at that. That's your fun, fun time of the day. Thank you, Judy. You're doing great back there. We are getting into shadow boxing, the end of this sermon series, and excited to wrap it up in one sense. And in this other sense, this has been a tremendously powerful sermon series that a lot of people have asked, kind of some, some very probing and very introspective questions. If you're new this week, we're wrapping up this series. And so it Maybe a little bit, hey, I, I missed some important stuff, and in some ways you did. If you're also new this week, this will be a great launching point into understanding who E3 is and what we're about, which is making disciples and having deep faith and rich community. And so we're excited to get into this ending sermon. If you're a middle schooler, I just want to make sure that you are dismissed. I don't know if we got that or not. Middle schoolers are dismissed to meet in the lobby and go down to your time together. And if you're staying, uh, just a quick recap of the past weeks. First week, we got into this journal. If you missed these journals, there's still just a handful left out in our uh, greeting counter. We'd love for you to grab these. They're really a guide on how to create your own personal mission statement. I exist to create community among people who have a similar like of settlers of Catan. That could be one of your mission statements. Some of you who have no idea what that is, you say, okay, I'm, I'm out, right? Uh, my, my mission statement could be, I exist to be the wingman on my team's basketball team to create that three-point shot that needs to happen that always misses, right? Okay. There's a lot of purposes that God may have you in your life. This is a, a great tool that we started off with in week one. That was purpose and finding my identity, finding my identity in Christ, finding out who I am, finding out what I am before I figure out what the shadow is. Does that make sense? Second week, we talked about Sabbath rest that there has to be a sense of rest in our lives and in our general rhythm of our life. And Pastor Mike did a fantastic job illustrating that rest and lounging on the couch for eight hours straight isn't Sabbath rest necessarily. Sometimes rest is what other people would call work, and sometimes work is what other people would call rest. That doesn't make any sense to y'all. You missed this week. You got to rewatch it. Third week, we did wise choices based upon who I am. And this is all inner me, the inner self, that I have to make choices that sometimes add to my overall spiritual self, my true identity, or I make choices based on what the shadow's telling me to do. And the shadow choices seem delightful, but they don't add to my true self. Then two weeks ago, Pastor Lori and I did a wonderful sermon, if I may say so myself, it's actually mostly Pastor Lori, talking about team and who is on my team, who I allow into those intimate moments of my life, because they can manufacture what our shadow looks like, and we'll get more into that in a moment, Last week, so thankful, so thankful for Pastor Mike and our amazing panel. Uh, they just did such a great job about talking about power and power dynamics. Uh, that was a great sermon. If you want to go back to our website, rewatch those. They're fantastic and really give a sense of this whole sermon series on shadow boxing. But it's been these last five weeks. They've truly only trained for the fight in many ways. Just as a heads up, and I'm just giving this as a warning. There's no flashing lights on this sermon, but there will be some darkness today. And if you're a person who likes to passively listen to sermons and work on something on Amazon.com on your phone, you will be found out during the sermon. Online people, please continue to peruse as you wish in a separate tab. Keep us open on one side, keep the Amazon on the other. 
In all seriousness, it'll be very clear when that's happening, but I'd like you to at least hopefully not stick out like a shining light. Because we have to talk through the idea of really what we're getting at, which is the idea of shadow boxing. These shadows can be subtle, like the desire for gossip in a position of power, like we heard last week, or they can be more marked, like alcoholism that is manifested over years of abuse. Both can be shadows, and both can hold sway over our true identity that Christ wants to reveal in us. Before you start jumping to conclusions that this is a standard sin sermon, and that I'll ask for repentance and send all of you with some sort of blanket of guilt, stay with me and stay prepared. To understand this fight, we have to realize there's four basic elements that we've been illustrating and been coming and leading up to, to this moment. The first one is shadow. The second one is you. The third one is others. And the last one is light. Let's start with the shadow. Shadows distort to various sizes and shaped based upon light. And shadows are more defined with more light that's piercing it. Let's say that again. Shadows are more defined the more light that is given to piercing through it. Therefore, the best shadows at any given day are usually outside about noon. They're the most clearest, the more defined. The funnest shadows are near sunset, where your kid, who's only this tall, can all of a sudden be taller than you if they're standing at the right angle with the sun behind them, right? Fun shadows are <laughs> fun shadows make you extremely tall, huge muscles, can be so distracting and almost intoxicating they can also be the scariest. Shadows are eclipses in size can be planets away as well. We're not just talking about kids at a beach at sunset. Mercury and Venus transit the earth eight years apart. And they do what they call a planetary shadow that goes through the sun and it's called a planetary eclipse. I totally missed it about 10 years ago. Those in this room, I'm sorry, we probably, unless some miracle happens, will not see the next one. It's in 2117 where Mercury and Venus will go in front of the sun and will create an eclipse on Earth, just like the moon does every few decades. This idea of shadow is so interesting. And I want to illustrate there's two sides to the shadow. There's the umbra, and then there's the penumbra. Now, the umbra is what you can see behind me, more or less. My shadow, as far as I can tell, is directly behind me. Can everybody see my shadow? Yeah, this is the part of the sermon that I don't know how to, to, to work out. Now, this idea that this light right above me is coming in and hitting me and creating this dark image behind me, the darkest part is called the umbra. And then there's, folks, this is called the penumbra. This makes sense in a moment. The penumbra actually means that the lights from these lights right above us are actually, because of the formation of light, wrapping around me and creating a softer distilling shadow to the sides. Umbra is the darkness. Penumbra is the shadow side of that shadow darkness. It means this, that light can actually wrap around an object and a shadow is always there, but its magnitude and size really vary by the amount of light being directed towards it. With a replacement, dimness, and strategy, one object could have, theoretically, hundreds of shadows. Lastly, shadows are easily to distort. Can anyone do shadow puppets? 
We've been putting these images on the back wall over the past sermon series. I took them all down for this week. And it's this idea that a small image or a large image can create vast and beautiful pieces of art. Huge thanks to Kevin Grab for doing this project and just for being up here for so many weeks in a row. We can clap for Kevin. That's fine. There's always a mark in my sermons. Always a lot of room to clap for Kevin. Now... This, this idea, though, of shadows and using the shadow panels behind us creates an unlimited tapestry of things you can put on there, but things that can move and you can create. I tried this, okay? There was the dog, which I can kind of do here. This is also my alligator, by the way, okay? And then there's this one you can do, the swan, and I was trying to do it last night when I was getting ready for the sermon, and I'm like, this is the closest I can get, and it goes kind of like this, And I knew that the moment I got behind those and tried to do it, it would look ridiculous. So I'm saving you all the the embarrassment. I'm saving me the embarrassment. But it's this idea that the shadows can be miraculous almost in size. And any number of things based on the true image makes shadows difficult and almost incredibly scary to define. But one common denominator remains. They all revolve around you. Revolve around you. Contrary to Peter Pan, it is impossible to get rid of one shadow. You cannot sew it on, lose it, and also you cannot have the shadow move independently of you. That's only in horror movies or again in Peter Pan. You see that these imaginations are in horror films or fun cartoons, but the shadow has no real power nor effect on the one casting it. The shadow has no real power nor effect on the one casting it. In fact, it isn't only observing one's shadow, being identified by it and allured by its appeal that one can find that the shadow can have influence on how the person actually moves. The best example of this is when I was 10 years old. Time for the embarrassing part of the sermon for this pastor, okay? 10-year-old Scott doing Little League Baseball. Might have been 11. And I played either shortstop or right field, based on how I was doing that day. Shortstop, I was quick. Right field, picking dandelions, baby. It's It's pretty league. I remember sitting in the way back watching, it was a night game, and there's several different spotlights. The sun had already gone down. And I looked down, and if you're a ball player, you know exactly what I'm feeling about. You have different shadows based on where the different lights are hitting you. You get it? And I remember as a 10-year-old, very vividly, because of a moment, I was looking, and I'm like, oh, look, all my shadows are doing this, you know, dance to whatever I'm doing. And I remember dancing out in left field, and it was awesome where I was right field. I don't remember what field it was, but I was dancing, and all of a sudden, of course, of course, the ball comes right at me. And of course, of course, I remember we lost the game because I was dancing with my shadow. What a great sermon illustration for this series, Right? I wish we had video back then of that, but I'm sure you can find another kid doing it just like me. This idea of a Little League baseball game shadow alluring a 10-year-old just how imaginative we can be when we're grown-ups. And we see our metaphysical shadow luring us to move at its whim versus our own self. So shadows, number one. Two is you. Three, others. Here's the difficult part. Pastor Lori and I, the panel from last week, we brought up in the past two weeks, it is our relationships with others that shadows can be misconstrued, misaligned, and a part of my, my, my word choice here, but it is very true, perverted. Just as others can help bring out their true selves and help us uphold accountability for our shadows, what may be my shadow 
may be swayed and modified by others. What may be my shadow may be also swayed and modified by others. Let me give you an example on the screens. Modern artists from Britain have made these tremendous fame in the past decade by using trash, by using trash to create shadow art. So look in front of the shadow as Matt just puts these up slowly as he goes through these. These are actually pieces of trash that they found to create these amazing pictures. Now, if you Google this, high schoolers, there are some that are not appropriate for church to put on the screen. So now that I said that, I know you're automatically Googling it. So, okay, I'm, I'm going against myself. But these are beautiful pieces of art that they've created by using shadows to illustrate what garbage can look like using light and medium. The challenge is that many of us have people and things in our life that adjust how our shadow looks and even behaves, which is easy to believe, that this power and make you believe that the visual is in fact reality. I'm talking about the true you and warping it to a wrong ideation. Many of us who are the holiest of holies has succumbed to the shadow and it is Jesus in the passages that John read who uses these against the holy people, quote unquote, the holy people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees of the day, describing that they were following shadow though they should know who and what the light was. But the shadow cannot absolutely limit you, even by small margins that cannot be ignored. And that brings us to our fourth recipe addition, which is light. As stated earlier, it is impossible to have shadow without light. And it is impossible to have the best parts for you in God's kingdom without the possibility of the worst parts as well. We're not talking about getting rid of your shadows. We're not talking about ripping them off somehow. We're talking about managing them and recognizing that there are parts of you that we've not done as a church, more on this in a moment, they've not done as a church or as individuals very well in the last five years. While we are daily sanctified, some of us need to hear this, not one of us in this lifetime will find absolute perfection. And that's okay. If any of us find perfection, whew, we got big problems. Light is truly an amazing occurrence that our eyes are completely dependent upon. We are completely dependent upon light. We can see our shadows and others' true selves only by sufficient light, even in the darkest room. What's fascinating is that when those lights turned off, all of our eyes have these little receptors in them and they actually seek out light. Now, most of us either turned and looked directly towards the projector screens, which would be hard to turn off and then turn back on and have lyrics for the song, so I get it. Some of us might have had cell phones open to amazon.com. You can laugh. Some of us are looking right up here. And there's nothing better at a campfire where you've got a good ghost story going around in this umbra, right? But in reality, light draws us in. And the amount of light we allow in completely changes our whole perspective upon shadow and true self. It's why, as little kids, they're scared of the... They're not scared of the light. Light brings meaning, brings focus, brings understanding... Darkness 
brings disorganization as a covering for all sorts of sin. It's not that the shadow brings in sin, but it is looking without the presence of light at shadows that things can become disoriented and become scary. Let's bring back the light sack up. See, when we have this much light and we see our true selves, we see our true shadows. And it takes our eyes, especially mine, just a minute to reorient to this bright light. These are max lights, right, Jackson? Yeah. I mean, this is the maximum lights we allow in this place during a Sunday morning. Think about how clearly we can see the people next to us. We were joking before the service. I said, we should have selected like five or six people to just leave the room during the dark time and say, the rapture happened. And <laughs> Christian joke, Christian joke. But light sources and sometimes sources of darkness are hard to discern in the moment. In 2020, my wife had left to visit her sister, which we had planned for, for weeks and months in advance. And in 2020, there was this period in our country where we had these horrific race riots. We remember these, right? And Lincoln, Nebraska, which is in the Midwest, which is a very, very homogenous, for most part, community that we were part of, had what I would call was a significant race riot. We had buildings destroyed, burned. We had several people lose their lives. It was a serious moment of desperate and horrific, just loss of life, loss of property for what seemed like almost an insane occurrences. And I'm not calling what those occurrences were, were right or wrong. I'm saying that these occurrences to bring us to this point just seemed out of this world. And I remember sitting in my basement with our four kids and they were all asleep and I looked on the news and these riots were happening all over the country. I said, what is going on? How do we get to this point? And I started panicking saying, what if tomorrow doesn't get better? What if next year doesn't get better? What if it gets worse from here? And friends, for no other reason except I was in total shutdown mode, not knowing if I was seeing light shown on something that was sinful and blatantly in front of us for decades, or if I was seeing more darkness shown on something that needed not to be lit up. I was confused. I picked up a paint pan I started painting the basement walls. We planned to do it for a long time, but I just needed something to reorient myself and to find focus and to find rhythm. And for whatever reason, painting, walking, that brings about a sense of just able to listen from God. And I just felt the spirit say, this is, this is uncovering something that needs to be uncovered. This, this racism is permeating the entire national landscape and has been covered over by darkness for decades. And now, of course, we had a pandemic before that. Of course, after that, we had the Capitol riot. Of course, after that, now we have wars. I don't know if you've been noticing, but there's this thing called inflation that's going everywhere. What's next? And we were looking at extreme poverty, famine, some sort of terrorist attack again, another earthquake, some sort of fire, and all these things. The temptation is to go to here, to darkness versus light. Whatever is ahead of us, know that what is true and what is shadow can only be seen by the light of Jesus Christ. And we've built to this point 
that true light will allow true depiction of both. Without light, you cannot tell what is shadow and what is the true self. And this may sound trite, but that true light is Jesus Christ. As John read, he did a fantastic job with a lot of scripture. Over and over and over and over, the gospel of John says that Jesus is light, folks. And Jesus' ministry is to reveal this as well. He brings the woebegone to redemption, the unloved to loved, and the proud to humble. Over and over and over, Jesus reveals stuff in their hearts, and I believe Jesus is continuing to reveal things in our hearts that are uncomfortable, that are sometimes sickening, and make us have to take a stop and realize what is being revealed is true self, or is what being revealed complete darkness and shadow? One of others, John's books highlights what I think cannot be passed over in this sermon and sermon series, what eternity holds for us. In the last paragraphs of the Bible, John describes the life to come with very limited human words. But make note of this passage. John writes this in Revelation. I did not see a, t- a temple in the city because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of the God gives its light, and the lamp is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will be bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It's easy to take for granted the amount of light we have in this day and age. And electricity is an amazing, amazing innovation. But friends, to have our city lit by God's light itself or there can be no more misinterpretations, there can be no more sin, no more sorrow or sadness, weeping, and that Jesus himself will come and wipe every personal tear from your eye. That's the promise that that same author writes, not to just the readers of Revelation, but to us here sitting here today. This beautiful picture of eternity is something that turns this life upside down, but also brings a sense of order to it. I do not know if we will have shadows in heaven, but I do look forward to this marvelous light. And I believe that understanding this new light source will be reorienting for each and every one of us, that there will be things laid bare that we do not want laid bare in this lifetime that will have to be shown. There'll be shadows that we're trying to hide or manipulate or darken the room a little bit so they can't be seen so bad. And there'll also be things about us that are so God-given, these talents that we're just hiding. Like a lamp on a stand, we just put it under a bowl so no one can see it. Oh, don't look at me, I'm, I'm, too, I'm, I'm really good at X, Y, Z, but I don't want anybody else to know. There's a time coming where all things will be revealed. And so I want us to take a leap of faith together. And take the little pieces of paper. On one side it says, my true self. 
And the other side, it just simply says, what shadows do I cast? Over the next three songs, the worship team's gonna come out now. As they're getting set up, we're gonna allow them to, to set up some songs that will just allow for some self-reflection and allow for, for the light of Jesus maybe to shine in parts of your life where you don't want anyone to know. And here's the awesome thing about being a church. We're here to support you, boast in, boast? Both in getting perspective on your shadows and perspective on who your true self is. We'd invite you during the next three songs to write out as much or as little. Write your name, don't write your name. Write John Doe or Jane Doe if you need to. And to come and take those just as an offering before the light of Jesus Christ. Over near the cross, there's two options. You can either place it in our prayer wall or place it in the basket on the altar. And when you come over there, know that the pastoral staff over the coming weeks will be praying for each and every one that we get our hands on. If you're online, we'd enjoy and love for you to either confidentially use the prayer button to chat yours in, or if you're willing, to put those in the chat as we go through our service. We'll be sure to get each and every one and pray for those as well. As our worship team comes, I just want you to take a moment to realize that this isn't something you do in your normal every single ordinary day. And it's a time where you can just place before God all that you are, both self and shadow, and find a new personhood, a new orientation of who God's calling you to be. With that, let's pray. God, we come to you with this unique time of confession, not to just confess sins that may or may not be ones that I can even control, may or may not be things that I need to confess to you. But God, we confess our entire selves, our entire beings to you to have your glorious light shine upon us, to envelop us in the radiant light that only you can provide. And God, by your glorious light, may it reveal things that we want to stay hidden and reveal things that need to be revealed, to shine in the darkest parts of our lives and also bring forth the greatest parts that we are afraid to show. Lord, may you reveal in this next 10 to 15 minutes, but God, day by day, shine this light, and may that its presence right here, right now, may it be so almost disorienting going from completely black room to completely light room to confuse the spiritual senses to realize that though we may have been trying to hide in darkness, we are called to glorious light and that this glorious light will walk with us each and every day, shining brighter and brighter as we allow it to permeate our entire selves. Lord, let us take these offerings with sincerity, with sobriety, and with the sense that your spirit is moving our very hands and working through our very hearts. It's in your name we lift up this prayer as we go to offer these right here right now. Amen. You're welcome over the course of the next three songs to make your way over and to offer up yourselves to Jesus' marvelous light.